Research for what? Hello and welcome to Research for What, the podcast that discusses scientific research, its purpose and impact. I'm your host, Ron Bouvray. Each week, I will interview recognized thought leaders who share the same passion for science and research and invest the energy, time or money. We will talk about the challenges and opportunities for research. I'm also very keen to find out how experts define impact and what methods they use to measure it. Every week, I will ask the question, research for what? In this episode, I'm very pleased to speak with Hamish Hawthorne. Hamish is a Chief Operating Officer of UpGuard, an Australian cybersecurity startup company now based in Mountain View in California. Hamish is also a founder, a director, an advisor, and an investor of many startups. He was the ATP Innovations Chief Executive between 2005 and 2016. ATP Innovations, which is now known as Cicada Innovations, was one of Australia's first and largest incubators for startups and scale-ups. Hamish has a lot of experience working with founders through accelerator programs and has, has even been described as a godfather of the Australian startup ecosystem. Today, I want to ask Hamish whether researchers who want to commercialize their inventions or exploit their inventions or even create startups should join an accelerator program. Hamish, thank you very much for joining me today, I think from San Francisco. It's my great pleasure to join today. Thank you for the invitation. Just to make sure we start on the same page, can we start by describing what an accelerator program is and what is the difference with an incubator? Ah, fantastic. Such a great question, because as I was thinking about this topic today, I was thinking about how much accelerator programs have changed over the years. And so I think part of the conversation should be is, you know, what was the original uh, objective of the accelerator program model and how has it evolved over the last 15 years? Yes. And uh, I checked up on the dates and the the, the the granddaddy of accelerator programs is Y Combinator, yes. and that started in March 2005. So we're over 15 years into the history of accelerator programs, and certainly what we see today is a great evolution of the accelerator programs that we saw back in the in the at the beginning, TechStars and, and Y Combinator being the two that kicked this off. Certainly, uh, in conjunction with this is also how accelerator programs have evolved alongside incubators because they are different organizations and they, they do feel complementary but, but somewhat different objectives. So, so maybe starting with the uh, accelerator programs, you know, the, 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 the genesis of these was really to create a mentor-driven experience for founders to accelerate the development of their business ideas. And so the characteristics of those very early accelerators were time constraint, so typically 12-week duration, uh, very hands-on and mentor-driven, so experienced entrepreneurs being part of those 12 weeks, giving hands-on experience and guidance to the founders of companies that were part of the program. And then a selection process, so there was a curation of applications so that you were, as part of a cohort, uh, part of you know, exceptional founders and exceptional ideas all working together as a group. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that's a really interesting sort of, you look at that, that dimension, so concise, uh, compact period of time, a selection process, sort of guidance from mentors. And I think even today that's, that, that is still largely 
what we see in accelerator programs. You know, and I think I think we can say, well, what are the advantages of those dimensions for a researcher? Um, I think what's changed though is we've gone from a handful of accelerator programs in 2005 to probably thousands worldwide. Uh, there was for a while there there was a meetup of of accelerator program managers, and uh, certainly when when there is enough accelerator programs that there can be a meetup group just for accelerator program <laughs> <Yeah>. managers. <laughs> You yes. know that uh, the, the market is uh, either getting very frothy or there's uh, a, a huge amount of activity in the, in the, in the sector. So just if we look now, the, the number of accelerator programs means that there is both a vast range of choice uh, and also probably from that choice, a bunch of specialization. So accelerators were traditionally for online software businesses uh, part of the reason behind that was there's limited uh, amount of work you can do on your business in three months, unless it's a an online business where you can write some code, do some some customer validation, and possibly get your first few sales. Unless it's a, a software based business or an online based business. So that's a good point. So who who are the accelerators for uh, today, and who are they not for? Who should not go into an accelerator program? Hmm. So it's it's interesting, and I think you know, in the back of my mind, I want to ask whether you know researchers should join an accelerator program. So, so the 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 answer to that question really comes back to what is the what what do you hope to get out of an of an accelerator program? Because I think there are so many different types of accelerator programs, and the model has matured. It does mean that depending on what you hope to achieve, the answer will become clearer both. Should I join an accelerator program? And if so, what type or, or which one? Because I think, so there is still some challenges, particularly for a deep tech business or a very, so for a researcher that's doing very detailed uh, research that has you know, enormous potential for impact, but uh, potentially is, is some way off from the market, then I think that that would tend to lead towards a different type of accelerator program versus a, a, a software business or an online business. And so I think that's what's quite interesting is you know, if a researcher is looking to treat an accelerator program as a way to help create impact for their research, I think that can be achieved in a number of different ways by different types of accelerator programs. So starting at the sort of the, at one extreme, you know, an accelerator program can help give uh, exposure to the whole commercialization process for an early career researcher that previously has had very little exposure to startup companies or commercialization at all. Mm-hmm. And so for those researchers, I would suggest that an accelerator program is mm-hmm. it's to a large extent an educational process mm-hmm. to give you some exposure in a in a concise period of time with you know, ha- uh, hands-on mentor involvement together with you know a cohort of selected uh, founders to get that exposure to the whole commercialization process and that can be enormously beneficial for the researcher for the rest of their career even though the the process of of going through the accelerator program initially may have uh, you know been uh, there may have been other motivation uh, for the researcher to do it like mm. education uh, I, I think at the other extreme where you've got companies, oh sorry, accelerator programs and researchers that are that have got a 
more more research experience and perhaps more uh, have developed their research ideas further, then uh, accelerator programs can often be the way to take your research ideas and really conduct that initial market validation. So mm -hmm. using this opportunity to have a, a bias for action because you are committing to an accelerator program, which is not a trivial amount of commitment. Uh, you need to con be concise in how you describe your technology and the market opportunity through the application process, which again is mm -hmm. is has enormous benefits. Uh, you're often uh, if in a in a specialist program, you're often surrounded by other like-minded entrepreneurs, possibly in like-minded research sectors or research areas, and so you have this peer group that you are part of. You have mentors helping you go answer go and answer the fundamental questions around who cares about your research or your technology, and to go through that you know, really that sort of ID uh, business idea validation and uh, and that initial sort of market validation step that's so important. Does it matter if the programs is local or international? That is a question that I would answer completely differently pre-COVID nineteen. Yes, <laughs> so that's right. I, I was uh, having been involved in accelerator programs for for many years. I always saw one of the great benefits of it being co-located with your co uh, with your cohort. So being together in a room, uh, being able to uh, share uh, successes, uh, overcome challenges together as a group was was very very uh, important and very critical to the value of the accelerator program. We now are in a new reality where face-to-face uh, -face groups of people in small rooms for all hours of the mm -hmm. day is probably behind us for some time. And so I think what will be very interesting is that now that remote uh, collaboration has become enforced on us, I think we are going to see more and more this geographic limitations removed from accelerator programs. And so instead of having to sort of look for your local accelerator program in Uh, in Ramwick, uh, you can now look for the best accelerator program that's suited to you, irrespective of where they are. And the fact that they are remote it should not be as much of an impediment as, as what it was in the past. Does that mean that it's going to open markets? People will have a better view of you know, different places? So the short answer is yes, it does open up these opportunities for, particularly for Australian entrepreneurs. I think it also probably more importantly is it opens up the markets for those entrepreneurs to access because you know you won't you don't need to have essentially a, a locally based accelerator program and then somehow work out a way to enter an overseas market. I think you can use the markets wherever they are as a as a way to to facilitate uh, that your entry even if it's through an accelerator program. So I've got a couple of good friends who have been involved in accelerator programs, one who's running one in Osaka. And again, this is uh, an accelerator program primarily designed for companies looking to enter the Japanese market. So the sponsors of the accelerator program are large Japanese corporations. The mentors are people, business uh, executives, founders of companies who have either done this successfully or have insights into the Japanese market. And so in that case, you're, you're looking to leverage those connections to, and that, that uh, proximity to get access to the Japanese market. And now in the post-COVID world, 
there really is is no need to get on a plane and go and uh, live in a co-working space in Osaka for three months. You, know, you can get a lot of this benefit remotely. Does it mean, though, that you need to know you want to sell your products or services into the Japanese market before you know you you find this accelerator program? I find often researchers haven't done all this work. Correct. Yeah, correct. And so, so I think this is where you know making sure that you are lining your expectations up and essentially the stage of your idea, startup, company, or research with with the accelerator program that best suits the stage that you're at. You know, prematurely going and exploring the Japanese market will either be a massive distraction or or it could just be something that you won't be able to take advantage of for some time. So for researchers, for the majority of researchers, I think the greatest value they can get out of an accelerator program is spending time with experienced entrepreneurs and founders, you know, the mentors of the accelerator program. You know, these are people who uh, are doing, uh, who have done this before and are are freely giving you their best advice and guidance mm. in a way that you would very, it would be very difficult in other circumstances to get access to that knowledge. So I think, you know, it's just saying that 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 the access to that cohort of mentors gives you the ability to to essentially remove risk from your business idea or your your technology commercialization plan or your startup company is the is the best possible outcome and it gives you the best possible chance of success in whatever form that might be so, so does that mean the accelerator programs are, are becoming more specialized and you should be looking for specialized sort of accelerator programs so for example if you're doing fintech you should find a fintech accelerator programs or can you mix i, I think i think you can i think there is a risk in being too specialized uh, because you one of the benefits, I think, of the accelerator program and the cohort structure is that, that there is a variety of different mm. technologies, a variety of different businesses, and, and often a variety of different business models. And it's often when you have companies doing different types of uh, technology commercialization together in a room that often they start to really come up with different ways of commercializing that technology or different business models to exploit that, those opportunities. So I think I think specialization is good, but not too much of a specialization where there's five companies doing exactly the same thing, selling to exactly mm. the same company. I think you'll get, you'll, you'll find that the five very similar businesses emerge from that accelerator program at the end. There are different types of accelerator programs as well. There's private, corporate, universities, public programs. Are there differences? I think there are, and I think some of them, the, the differences have emerged because there are so many different stakeholders now that uh, want to see the the development of of startup ecosystems. So in in the past, where they were more private uh, organisations, often the value was uh, created by the mentors themselves, and and potentially there was investment associated with that. And so it was a it was a bit more of a a way for the mentors to give back, but also ultimately to build successful companies. And uh, you know, some of the more successful businesses that we've seen out of accelerator programs include companies like Airbnb, that was a Y Combinator mm. company early on, uh, Yammer, which was sold to Microsoft for billions of dollars. So I think these are the these are the examples of um, of, uh, of opportunities that uh, that have sort of come through the uh, the accelerator programs that ultimately have become very successful. 
I think for companies, sorry, for organizations and uh, and for stakeholders that are looking to foster uh, an ecosystem, the development of an ecosystem, often they are uh, governments and, and universities that are uh, that are often supporting and, and are often the stakeholders of those mm-hmm. uh, those accelerator programs. You know, certainly they have the ability to support and, and accelerate the the, uh, the programs themselves, but they do present some challenges sometimes in terms of just you know, can you uh, attract the best uh, mentors to programs to to deliver the value to the companies in the uh, in each cohort. Um- and if I join an accelerator program, what am I expected to actually accelerate? You know, the different metrics. Yes. yes. Sometimes it's sales. Um, you know, we expect it to grow sales by five, ten percent every week. And or is it other other teams might want to grow? You know, I should expect to grow my team by one member every week. Mm. Or do some accelerator programs care about impact? So my this is a personal opinion. You know, for me. Accelerator programs should a participant in an accelerator program should have a clear uh, and articulated goal for being part of the program. Because if if that's not clear and, and well well defined, then then the, the likelihood is that the time will pass, and there might be some progress, but it's probably not going to deliver something tangible at the end. And the idea is with most accelerator programs is that there is some sort of a celebration at the end, like a demo day or a pitch night. So I think it's really good for, for companies or, or founders or researchers to say, well, what do I want to be presenting uh, on stage in three months' time? Yes, right. You know? And then you can work back from that and say, well, how do I achieve that? And if it's if the goal is to become uh, to develop your investment thesis to the point where you have a good chance of raising capital, then I think you can then say, what do I need to do over three months or the period of the accelerator? to be able to stand up on stage and present a compelling investment thesis or an investment pitch. And I think having that sort of gives some clarity around that those questions. I think if your if your objective is not really to raise capital, but it's to get your first 10 customers, then I think that can really drive your activities in the accelerator program to achieve that outcome. I think if you're a researcher, they might be completely different. It might not be about raising capital or getting customers. It might be about you know understanding the market that you are selling into and feeling confident enough that this is something you want to commit significant time to to build uh, the structure of a startup company and spin out of the university or the research institute the, the, where you're from. Again, all of these things are, are, are what I would suggest are, are really achievable inside the accelerator program model, and I think they also give you uh, focus on. On, on path and they give you focus on the path towards achieving those outcomes, which is so so important. Because once you've got that focus on those outcomes, then the mentors will then be there to hold you accountable to this, so that mm-hmm. you are making progress and you know, to intervene if you're if you if you're uh, chasing uh, the, going down the wrong path or getting buried in a in a rabbit hole. I think often researchers would probably not have sold any devices or or services or products. Is that too early for them to enter an accelerator program? Uh, certainly, if it's an accelerator program where your goal is to work out if anybody cares about your research, then I think 
you know, going in there with very limited uh, exposure to the market is not an impediment because that can be your goal for the accelerator program. Right. You know, it can be, you know, essentially your a, a validation of the market opportunity is what your goal would be. And so clearly, you know, there's work that needs to be done. And so not having any real traction, you know, means that you need to focus on how you will achieve that traction over the course of time, over the period of time of the accelerator. So, so what you're saying is do your homework, but at the same time, I'm going to challenge this by saying one of the best advice I've uh, I got was don't overthink it. Yes, correct, correct. And and I think this is what I think is one of the strange, but one of the most uh, imp in, most important benefits of the accelerator program is there's an application cutoff date. So you have to get your shit together and actually <laughs> complete the application and submit it by the closing date. And, and I think just that, 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 that call to action that that represents is actually really, really valuable. Can we go back to the potential benefits? Yes. Is it always clear? Do we, do we, do we have to have clear benefits before or can we be more open? Often these things change very quickly. So the, I forget who said this, but uh, a, very, a very famous quote was, you know, no business plan survives first contact with the customer. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so often, you know, you'll go into the accelerator program with a very clear set of outcomes, and you'll you go and speak to your first potential customer, and they will tell you that they simply don't care about what you're trying to do. And uh, rather than yes. being the end of the conversation, often that then is you know a, an opportunity of saying, well, what about this, or have you thought about something? adjacent to the problem that you thought you wanted to solve. And so this iteration is uh, it often changes dramatically the, the outcomes. But I think what you'll find that if you went back at the end to that original goal, the ultimate outcome might have changed. But the, 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 the learning that you have uh, uh, received and the experience you've gained are very consistent, even though the, you know, the, the path to success will have uh, had many deviations along the way. Do you have to have a certain personality to join an accelerator program? Do you have to uh, be confident in public speaking? What if you don't want to pitch? Mm. Can you still join? Uh, interesting. So I think many people join an accelerator program without a well-polished, skilled uh, ability to deliver a pitch. And that often is what people learn throughout the process, just learning mm. by doing. So, so I certainly think, so to go to, to sort of to expand on that, I think the types of, of personalities is, is really probably less important. If you are looking to build out your entrepreneurial skills, some of those skills will be pitching and public speaking. Mm -hmm. Some of those will be strategic thinking and and, uh, and tactical uh, execution. Some of it will be, you know, just the lingo and jargon of of, uh, of of startup companies. You know, and all of these things are basically just knowledge or skills that, you know, almost anybody can learn or acquire. You know, the thing that accelerator programs will do is to put you in touch with experienced people across all of those areas that will. That will be highly motivated to share their experience in how to pitch well, in how to think strategically about uh, startup company goals and objectives, 
and will have had lots of experience in things like raising capital, so they will gladly share the dingo and demystify the process. So I think at the heart, you know, obviously, you know, they're designed for people who have a, a, an entrepreneurial desire, and so I think the, that uh, the characteristics of an entrepreneur, you know, almost all of us have them. Uh, it's just do we want to spend the time to really build up those those skills and build up that strength? Do you have to go as a team? Or can you go alone? Hmm. I think it's always harder alone uh, because there's always more that you need to do, and trying to do everything yourself is is really really challenging. Uh, it doesn't mean that solo founders can't be successful. There's plenty of examples of you know very successful companies that have had solo founders, but uh, but even in those solo founders, they've, they've often had a, a very important team around them who have uh, been critical to the success of the organization. So I think uh, I think you can go into accelerator programs on your own. I think it's challenging. I think the the if you can if you can build a team, at least the skeleton of a team to start with, it's always a good way to sort of distribute some of the work that's required. Mm-hmm. What if you don't go through an accelerator program and you're a researcher? Uh, can you still be successful at commercializing your research? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because I think as a researcher, there's 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 often you know, it's an ecosystem that is important to the commercialization mm-hmm. of technology. And part one part of an ecosystem uh, is a pool of experienced entrepreneurs that uh, that you can work with, even if what what the relationship will be is more of you uh, working with a third party or with a startup company, and you remain as a active productive researcher inside a, a university. So you can you can work with a founder who is potentially commercializing your technology uh, in an accelerator program, uh, and you know be the be the brains behind the technology that is being commercialized by a startup company. That's, there's lots of ways to do that. So would, if someone asks you, would you always recommend that people go through an accelerator program? I think I think it's a great opportunity to be exposed to the to the commercialization process, the entrepreneurial process in a relatively compact period of time with smart people and a clear, sort of well-articulated goal uh, of participation yeah, with a cohort of smart people. So I think all of those aspects are pretty compelling, uh, even if your goal maybe is to really just uh, mm-hmm. build up some mm-hmm. expertise for what you will do separately in the future. But the biggest challenge, and probably almost the only challenge really, is a time commitment. So yes, it's a very compact and dense period, but it's still 10 weeks, 12 weeks, or even more. Yes. Mm. Challenging. But I think, uh, you know, from my experience, you, know, you you can learn more in three months than you would mm. on your own over the course of many years. Accelerator programs always free to join, even the uh, best? No. There's always a cost. Even if the sticker price is free, you, know, you are still paying the time that you're spending, the opportunity cost. There are some accelerated programs that uh, take some equity in return for the advice and guidance or the capital that are invested in your business. It's a mixture. There's 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 no one model to there's no one model that has dominated. Why is the Y Combinator the best program that is? Is it uh, the success rate of the startups that they accelerate? What is it? Accelerated programs success is often measured by the success of the companies that come out of them it's a, it's a 
it's, that's a often very in dollars they raised. Yes, and often it's 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 not it's measurement in the measurement is made on on an input variable like capital raised rather than some output variable which might be uh, how much money they've generated in revenue. But having having said that, it's often just a timing issue. So often a startup company will take 10 years to become successful. So measuring the success is often hard to wait that 10-year period to, to, to bring the ledger to account. I, I think reputation is also a very important part of this because the stronger the reputation, the more uh, interest there is in applying, which means there's sort of uh, higher quality cohorts will come out of that. Certainly Y Combinator for many years has been seen as the premier accelerator program. And so yeah, it would get all of the best companies applying to it. Uh, I think you know, I think that there is some value in that because you, you are then anointed as a Y Combinator company and uh, that can instantly make you, irrespective of what you do or who you are, it can make you a more attractive investment opportunity because you have been anointed as a Y Combinator graduate. Mm. Uh, now that's a very hard thing to re- reproduce, and certainly uh, there's only a handful that I would say that 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 applies to. I think the real the success of entre- of, of accelerator programs really comes down to, you know, do the do the do the founders who participate get real value out of them, you know, and and so if they do that, then they will go on to be successful, and they will start this virtuous cycle. They will come back, and they will. Once they have become successful, they will get involved in in accelerator programs themselves. They will. You know, nurture and foster uh, the development of entrepreneurs in the future, and uh, and I think that's ultimately the the real measure of whether something has been successful is has it has it uh, created a, another loop in the uh, virtuous cycle of entrepreneurship. Do we also value you know more social measures, uh, sustainability, conservation, well-being, health? Does that matter in some programs? Yeah, of, of course it does. But does it yeah. really matter? I think it can, particularly if the stakeholders supporting the accelerator program uh, are really that's how they are measuring the success. Mm. So certainly, if it's a you know, Y Combinator is a very much a commercially focused, almost like an investment fund, and so for them, they're measuring the the value that's been created more than anything. Whereas if there's a a clean tech accelerator that's supported by a government agency, then you know they're going to be looking, yes, at successful companies, but also potentially more at the the socioeconomic benefits of what the accelerator program companies end up doing. Mm. Particularly from a research perspective, I think the real benefit of an accelerator program is it takes you out of the lab, yes. puts you into a room or even if it might be a Zoom room, it puts you into an environment where you uh, are out of your comfort zone. And so it forces you then to very quickly uh, adapt to a more entrepreneurial environment, and that can be done surprisingly easy. And so you, you are, because you often are being helped by mentors who are just r- normal people who have had the opportunity of of doing this sometime before so you do very quickly it demystifies this whole process and i think it just gives you an enormous confidence that that this is a way if, if this is what you want to do with your research a way of of moving it uh, along the path to creating impact and that's what we talked about before maybe just look at it as an opportunity don't yep. don't overthink it correct. something would come out of it yes correct yep 
So just uh, just do it. Hamish, thank you very, very much for your time. Really appreciated it. That's my pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Research for What. To connect and find more information about this episode, check out researchforwhat.com. Until next week. Research for What.